It's Richard's Famous Food Podcast. I'm Richard Parks III. This week on our program, we're talking all about chamoy. That's right, Mexico's sweet, sour, spicy flavor combination, chamoy. It's never been a podcast about it. So how do we end up with chamoy? Let's get into it with a story. We're related, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. How are we related? Because you are my uncle, basically. <laughs> you have an idea for my podcast, right? Hard candy, which is great. Skittles, Lifesavers, Tic Tacs are the best. Yeah. Na, 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 na. My nephew, Turner, not your typical eight-year-old. You've listened to my podcast before, yeah. I think. Yeah, of course. You already know that. Do you like it? I love it. A sophisticated eight, but still young enough that I can stump him with my take-no-prisoners Mike Wallace-style but food journalism questions. So what's your favorite candy? Oh, this is hard. Oh, no. Uh. Uh. Hey, Mom. What do you think uh, is my favorite candy? I realized something in this moment. Because Turner had never had a Mexican candy before. He'd never had chamoy. But when you're a kid, there comes a time, and I think we can all relate to this. When Podcast police, turn that f- music off. I can't. It's underscore. Underscore. For my documentary storytelling podcast. Yeah, figures. So you know you were doing Ira Glass in a gastrocomedic zone? I guess the reflection moment I was coming to was a little derivative. It's called generic podcasting, and it's punishable. By death. Death? Yeah, it helps with the story stakes. Um, Uncle Richie? Yeah, Jimmy, buddy, it's really not a good time. I thought I was your nephew. You are, but Turner's my real nephew. You're my made-up, pickle-shaped food podcast nephew. You're a piclet. What? You don't exist outside of the theoretical confines of this sometimes semi-fictional gastro-comedy podcast. Anyways. I am real, right? Now, now, Jimmy, let's just lie you down. Close your crocs and just count the mustard seeds jumping over the little crust of baguette. There. Anyways. On this episode, I'm trying to make a more straight ahead podcast. Woodcast? Woodcast. Podcast. About, uh, hard candy. Hard candy. And to understand hard candy, first you have to go back. It's a story of American ingenuity set in the greatest generation. All right, bro. Now you're using generic signposting in a podcast intro. I'm going to have to book you. (laughs) No, officer. I'm going to book you. Let's jump into the brine. 
So, Turner, he had a challenge for me to make an episode about hard candy. Hard candy? Why should I make an episode about hard candy? <laughs> Why does anybody do anything? But Turner had his reasons, which he expressed with the economical eloquence of youth. Because it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> And I accept that challenge. And if I had to pick a favorite hard candy, I'd choose a Mexican-made sour sucker with a chili center flavored with chamoy. That's right, chamoy. Tio Ricardo, ¿qué es eso, chamoy? Well, Jimmy... It's Mexico's ruby red, fruity, sour, salty, savory, spicy flavor combination. It's used in street side snacks like Tostilocos with sorbets and raspados, even as a seasoning rim for drinks like micheladas. And it's drizzled atop fresh fruit cut to order on the street. The mere thought of chamoy makes one's mouth water, and its bright red BMW 325i color means it's unmistakable to the eye as it coats your lips and fingers and you slurp, suck, and savor each and every flavor, calling out, Chamoy, yo te amo mas mucho. Cut. Yeah, we're not gonna use that one. Thanks, ladies. The thing is, nobody seems to really know what it is. Chamoy. Chamoy? Yeah. What's I'm trying thing? to figure out what it is. It's pickled plums. It's dulce de tamarindo. It was originally a sauce made from dried apricots. Plum or an apricot. I feel like it derivates from like chili. Chamoy is actually the plum. The Mexican plum, because American plum is too much different. It can be like a liquid flavoring agent kind of thing. Dry plum too. Plum and sugar. But it's not sweet though. Le da otro sabor. It can be both sweet and savory too. ¿Sabes lo que es tamarindo? Tamarindo. Como tamarindo dulce. People say it's tamarind. No, no, no. I don't see the relationship in between plum and tamarind. How do you call it? Pickle in vinegar. Fermented. In the spirit of the picole, let it ferment a little bit. Some lime juice. Syrup. Messing around with salt. And maybe some sugar and maybe some fruit. And the chile. It's kind of all over the place. And I should know this because it's my heritage, but I'm not quite sure. Uh, I don't really want to tell you what I put in there. Así se llama chamoy. No sé cómo lo preparen. Anyways, so on this episode of Richard's Famous, we're going on a voyage de la chamoyage on the streets of L.A. in search of the definition and meaning of Mexico's superlative flavor combination. Hopefully, by the time we're done, I'll be able to make my nephew Turner a chamoy boy. What is chamoy to those who love it? Where did it come from? And where is it going? What is it, girl? Don't worry, I can speak a little Espanol. Right, I'm not fluent, pero actually, 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 you know what? If I have to, I can always throw out a little of the old Tu vas, ustedes vayan. No, girl, it's Tu vas, ustedes vayan. Anyway. Hang on, let me try that in Spanish. Ritmo, sabor y tumba. 
Welcome to LA, the most Mexican city in America. With roughly 20 million residents in the greater LA area, the dominating country of origin is Mexico. And you can feel it in the flavors and the colors of LA's culture and cuisine. Here, chamoy is as common as a traffic jam. Hi, my name is Risa Lopez. I'm the co-owner of Galaguetza Restaurant and author of Oaxaca, Home Cooking from the Heart of Mexico. When I think of chamoy, I think of candy, I think of childhood, I think of tangy, I think of spicy. I think of every flavor that if you're Mexican or Mexican-American, you grew up loving as a child. I just absolutely freaking love chamoy. Like my mouth even is watering I'm talking about it. <laughs> Like a tiny rainbow, the bright multicolored umbrella appears, the unmistakable sign of a fruit cart. One of a countless number that pop up street side on the daily all across LA. Hola. Hola. The fruit is as colorful as the umbrella shielding it from the L.A. sun. Bright yellow pineapple, deep red watermelon, oranges, papayas, mangoes. Everything is fresh. Everything is cut to order. Estoy grabando. Está bien? Está bien, no problema. ¿Cómo te llamas? Ricardo. Ricardo, okay. Yo me llamo Norma. Wearing gloves, Norma reaches into the glass-walled ice chest and slices the fruit into bite-sized chunks, which she layers into a transparent quart-sized cup. In Mexico, chamoy is... And on top of the fruit, she adds a few slices of cucumber, which prompts me to give her a business card. Now the cup is filled to overflowing. Norma seasons it with salt, the juice of two limes, and a generous glug of bright red chamoy from a liter jug. Last, she adds a dusting of tahine, the dehydrated lime and chili spice mix that plays rainbow sprinkles to chamoy's caramel sauce. El chamoy es agridulce. It translates as bittersweet. Gracias. All right, now I'm going to enjoy a little bit of this fruit. The chamoy and the tahine add acidity, sourness, and a spicy kick to the cold, sweet fruit. While eating, I fall in with one of Norma's other clients. All right, so my name is Charlie. I'm from South Central, 51st and Wall, all day, every day. And yeah, I'm just a regular kid coming, I don't know, to a building with my mom. I don't know what I'm doing here, but yeah. Waiting for your mom having some fruit? Yeah. You, you get a lot of fruit snacks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All day, every day. So how is it? Smacking. So good. What do you look for when you get fruit on the street? It has to have um, some lime, chamoy, and tahine. How important is the chamoy to everything? It's everything, man. For someone who's never tasted chamoy, how would you describe it? It's like, oh, it's like a Mexican candy, like the best thing in the world. Do you see a lot of that on Halloween when you go trick-or-treating? Well, where I live at, so it's like the hood, so yeah, we see a lot, but like around here, like, it's like better now. It's all central. Represent all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Here, let me give you a card. I'm recording a podcast. You this know me. Sticker. Gotta be networking all day, every day. At Richard's Famous. Represent all day, every day. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the Richard's Famous newsroom. You there! 
Who do we have on the Chamoy beat? Um, R- Richard Parks. The third, sir. The third? What's this supposed to be? Some kind of highfalutin' trust fund convention? We don't need a royal prince. We need a reporter, see? This Parks fellow sounds soft. What's he got so far? He's, um, established Chamoy's importance as a key condiment in, uh, L.A.'s favorite roadside snack. What about its origins as a natural product? What about the connection to candy? I suppose the half-zoozle dewdroppers and layout didn't notice I've got a front page filled with phonus balonis. We're gonna tear it all down and run a full 15 inches just on Chamoy candies. Um, you are aware this is a podcast, sir. Podcast? What in the deuce is a podcast, you fat-headed chrome dome? Well, this one in particular is actually a little hard to describe. It's Kind of like a cartoon? Look here! I'm from the late 1930s! I don't know from podcasting and cartoons, but I do know from radio, the golden age. And any radio man worth his salt does a station ID halfway through the broadcast! But in on-demand audio, sir, the listener already knows- Quit your claptrapping and go to a station ID! Yes, sir. Guess I'm gonna have to hire an actor to do a station ID. Just log on to lacasting.com and post a casting call. Fortunately, we can't pay, of course. All right, it's up. Let's see what comes back. <laughs> hey, this is Danny Trejo. Right now, we're with Richard's famous food podcast. Yeah, he talks all about how great Danny Trejo's tacos are. <laughs> this is for you, by the way. Oh. Take some swag. It's a sticker and a card. Hey, I was Mr. Pickle. No, I, that was from... Uh, Mork and Mew, not Mork and I did, oh, I was Jaguar. Rick and Morty, I was Jaguar. I predate yeah. Rick and Morty. I'm going to send them a cease and <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Thanks, Machete. And now, back to the show. While the bright red bottle of Chamoy is ubiquitous in LA's street-side fruit carts, the classic flavor combination of tangy, fruity, and spicy with sweet reaches its zenith in the Mexican candy. Uh, I'm Gob Chabron. Gob's a writer for LA Taco who knows all the best places to get Mexican candy. We meet at the Candy Spot, a piñata store in Long Beach. This is definitely the neighborhood for piñatas. So. so why don't we go in and like look through the candies and you can tell me about them. In addition to the hard, sweet candies with the chili center that I love, there are nearly endless iterations of similar chamoy-like flavors available as gummies, powders, pastes, paletas, or popsicles, and more. Uh, you got your chicles right here. Chicles. Payasos, saladitos, dry salted plums. And if you're looking for volume, the piñata store is a great place to score chamoy. Uh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Okay. A giant nine-pound jug of chamoy. We have a... Uh, possibly problematic uh, mascot on here. And there's an illustrated, like, Asian caricature. We notice a bizarre pattern, (laughs) that what is labeled as chamoy proper is often also branded with Asian signifiers, like a karate-chopping mascot. kick some butt. Oh, look, there's some of that Chinese takeout lettering on this chamoy. Or the so-called chop suey font of Chinese takeout boxes. But I wonder if there's anything in the ingredients that makes it more Asian than the rest of this stuff. Perhaps. To understand the Asian legacy of Chamoy, you have to go back. I know, it's a cliche, but it works. Journalism is hard. Thanks again, ladies. Hey, how about a round of applause for the Piclayettes? Yeah, give it up. Give it up. 
The Most Told Story credits Teikichi Iwadare, a Japanese immigrant to Mexico, with inventing chamoy. Iwadare is also known as the man who brought soy sauce to the Mexican market, which he started producing after World War II, along with a version of the traditional Japanese salt-preserved plums umeboshi, which Iwadare made with Mexican apricots instead and called chamoy. In the Japanese tradition, ume, we call them green plums, are preserved in a salty brine, which is then strained off for another use, leaving the umeboshi, which are dried in the sun and preserved in a wrinkly, salty, acidic, savory state. A perfect piclade snack. The company that Iwadare founded still exists, and if you look at its website, you'll see two photos dissolving into one another on loop, one featuring a phalanx of bright red chamoy products and a mirror image of deep, dark soy products. All right, I'm just looking at the website, and yep, there it is. The definition of that original chamoy remains elusive in part because similar preserved fruit snacks can be found all over Asia going back hundreds of years. Plus, in fact, actually, they remain a staple to this day. Hey, man. Hey. I am Andrew Chow, one of the founders of Boba Guys. Andrew's company, Boba Guys, takes drinks to the next level with their elevated take on bubble tea. Together, we traveled to Taiwan, Japan, and China last year in search of Asia's latest drinks obsessions. But as we looked toward the future, we also kept stumbling across the past. What do you think of when you think of those flavors of like a salted plum, basically? I think of it as childhood. I think it's pretty common. I would say most Asian descents know some version of a like sweet, salty plum. My grandma would give it to me after having these really bitter soups. You put on ice cream, on fruit. It's just really good. Chamoy sounds a lot like the Chinese simoy. And then there's Hawaii's lihingmoy, the Philippines sampoy. I think Cantonese is vamoy. It sounds like chamoy, right? Yeah, exactly. The only major difference between all these preserved fruit snacks and chamoy being apparently the addition of chile. Even Mexico has a tradition of dried salted plums, saladitos. Eli, do you want a little salted plum thing? You can still find saladitos in any Mexican market in LA, and they are basically indistinguishable from preserved plum snacks I've had all over Asia. But while they are prevalent across cultures and time periods, salt-preserved plums are not universally loved. I'm sorry, the Chinese version of this, and I hated it. Really? Hated it. Why? Just somehow the combination of flavors was just... It was too much for me. Uh, I'm going to send this to voicemail. Hey, it's Richard Parks III. Leave a message. Ahoy, hoy! Parks III? This is your editor. I hear you've summarized the history of Chamoy and its connection to Asian pickling traditions. That's just fine. What about the future, Parks III? That's what we need to know next. Reminder, your deadline's tonight. Ahoy! Coming up next, the future of Chamoy. But first, let's take a break. This episode of Richard's Famous is brought to you by Vine Gary Dick's sweet and sour chamoy flavored pique chips. Vine Gary Dick's fully submerged gherkin grated plum plated microplane slices similar shaped umeboshi batches of tahini coated lime lace pepino chips for lovers of like minded soy soaked culture bridging comedia de la comida y algo más midget media landscape gatekeeping closed minded mindsetness. Void of thought where prohibited. Call today. Hey, so I just wanted to call you guys back and, and kind of update you, because um, as with all cultural histories, Chamoy's precise origins are uncertain. 
I've done dozens of interviews, I've sifted through all the written histories I could find, and I still have questions. Like, was the original chamoy made from plums or from apricots? Stone fruits are easy to hybridize, and so what is a plum? What is an apricot? It just varies. Was chamoy ever a fermented product? Paulina Lopez from Galetgetza, who grew up in Oaxaca, told me that to her, OG chamoy was a vinegar-soaked plum. Regardless, in the culture today, at least in LA, chamoy is the thing that comes in a bottle. It's like ketchup. The commercial version defines what it is. So, anyway. What is next for Chamoy? Have you had Tosilocos before? I have. All right. But this isn't about that, right? Cool and refreshing is the way to go, right? Yeah. Should we share one? Yeah, let's share one. Okay, cool. Javier is the editor of LA Taco. He helped make Netflix's Las Cronicas del Taco, and he co-authored the cookbook Oaxaca, Home Cooking from the Heart of Mexico. He asked me to meet him at Tropical Juice, a Mexican-owned juice bar in Highland Park decorated with hand-painted renderings of licuados and Mexican desserts, plus chamoy lace staples like Tostilocos and mangoñadas. I wanted you to try... uh... Mangoñada. So mangoñada is perhaps the most typical application of chamoy made from mango nieve, which is like a Mexican-style sorbet, just doused in chamoy. There's a lot of red in here, which means a lot of chamoy, I guess, right? Yeah, a lot of chamoy. It's a little blood-like, a little plasma-like. It hasn't even been like five minutes wearing your shirt, and I've already uh, stained it with chamoy. You have someone on your elbow right now. Yeah, you know, it's I like some on my elbow. <laughs> You're gonna have sticky lips, you're gonna have like sticky face. Sticky fingers, sticky shit, so. It's all artificial, like, right? Like artificial food yeah. dye and artificial gums and artificial flavors. These days, chamoy is made with a healthy or unhealthy dose of red dye number 40, in addition to a few mostly unpronounceable ingredients of questionable fruit derivation. Chamoy has been one of those things that have been associated with like Mexican junk foods. But if you think about it, the origins is actually like pretty healthy. It's just like a fruit derived sauce. And Javier has some predictions. Yeah, it's, it's only a matter of time until someone like starts to make their own homemade style come up with a clever name for it, a clever label, start selling it for like 10 bucks a bottle. I'm I'm positive. It's destined to kind of be reclaimed and and have its moment again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't help but think of how a bartender would like want to add booze to this or like, I don't know, make it into a reduction or the chamoy comeback. Wonder no more, Javier, because I got friends who can make that happen. What's cracking? Embarrass you that I'm wearing a fanny pack in your restaurant? No, it's you. you. It's, it's expected sometimes. <laughs> so this is Wesley Avila, chef owner of Gorilla Tacos here in Los Angeles, live and direct with Richard Parks III. Wesley Avila is LA's greatest taquero. That might sound biased, and it is, but it's also true. With Wes, I co-authored the Gorilla Tacos Cookbook, a collection of his high-concept Alta California recipes that mix the home-style casero food of his childhood with the flavors and techniques of California fine dining. It's like tacos, like if it was made by somebody from Los Angeles and not Mexico. But uh, getting back to this, you said you wanted to make a cocktail with this? Philip. Can you make us a cocktail using chamoy? Yeah. Uh, I automatically think of like the uh, watermelon candy that I grew up with. 
to emulate that kind of flavor would be dope. In a custom recipe made for Richard's famous by Gorilla Tacos' Philip Newman, here's how you make a watermelon pica fresa. Reduce the chamoy with watermelon simple syrup. Combine equal parts gin, cachaca, and lemon juice to two parts of the chamoy watermelon syrup. Shake and serve over pellet ice in an open-mouthed, sharp-toothed, ceramic, shark-shaped tiki mug. Garnish with crushed watermelon chili candies and sumac salt. You ready to go in on this or what? Yeah, keep on. Let's do it. Funky. Funky. It's super red. It's got that sonic ice, that, that pellet ice in it. Mm -hmm. Tastes like the inside of a fish's stomach. Oh, interesting. Well, it's that, the saltiness, right? The brininess. The brininess. Yeah, it's like uh, fish blood. I'm from the old school when, you know, chamoy was... Uh, I didn't remember even seeing chamoy. It was more like saladitos, you know what I mean? Salted plums. It almost tasted like meat. Like, it was, they were just good. I really like those. When I think of chamoy, I think of childhood. The uh, watermelon candy that I grew up with. I think of it as childhood. As I sip the watermelon pica fresa cocktail, I realize my love for the spicy, sweet, sour, salty fruit flavors of Mexico and Asia is also grounded in a childhood memory. Sitting on the bricklaid porch of my childhood home on a warm summer night with my mother eating watermelon the way she did as a child in Mississippi, always seasoned heavily with salt. And even if chamoy never grows up from being a candy, maybe it's good enough just the way it is. Which reminds me of something Javier said. Mexican candies train Mexicans to like be able to endure like a life full of chiles and salt and acid and ceviche and tacos and salsas, you know? So yeah, it's yeah. like you graduate from candies to like tacos, you know, to real yeah, food. So. Yeah. Well, so you speak Spanish, right? Yep. Which is why I want Turner, my nephew, to try a chamoy candy. Can you read to me what the cover says in Spanish? It says... Cubiertos de tamarín con chile. Because for any nephew of mine, a decent Spanish accent isn't going to cut it. A love of tacos, salsas, and ceviches is just as important. And if we've learned anything today, we've learned that the road to tacos might just be paved with a high-fructose, artificially tamarind-flavored, chili powder-laced candy from the piñata store. Have you had these before? No, I'm excited to try them. So here it is, Turner's very first chamoy. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of scared. You're kind of scared? Because I don't like spicy stuff. One, two, three. And now pause for his reaction. Oh well, there's time yet. Richard's Famous Food Podcast is made by me, Richard Parks III. The other day, I met a girl named Joy. Chamoy. She said, come here. I'm going to make you my joy boy. Chamoy boy? Well, things went good. Sweet things sour. went bad. Savory spicy. Now, every time I think of joy. Chamoy. It makes me sad. Mmm. It makes me sad. 
Thank you to our guests, Brisi and Paulina Lopez from Gela Getza, Javier Cabral and Gab Chabron from LA Taco, Wesley Avila and Philip Newman from Gorilla Tacos, Andrew Chow from Boba Guys, Danny Treo from Treo's Tacos, Andrea Nofre from Silver Lake Wine and Yolo Mezcal, Eli Horowitz from the Homecoming Podcast and TV Show, Jorge Joy, Alvarez Tostado from Tacos 1986, Norma Cervantes from The Fruit Cart on 7th Street and Lucas, Leslie Tellez, the ladies from Mercado in Boyle Heights, and Charlie, aka Chamba, all day, every day. Special thanks to Keith O. Nielsen for Chamoy to the World, Podcast Police Officer Nasty Nate Welch, Mixing by Michael Khalifa, and to my nephew Turner writer Kibby, this one was for you, buddy. Joy to the world was a beautiful girl, but to me, Chamoy, man, only this podcast. Follow us on social media at Richard's Famous. Nice, clean. And now, Vavoom to the moon. Whee! Five, four, three, two, one.